0: Hello and welcome back to the Quitters Club. I'm your host, Candace Wolfe. This is an all-inclusive club where we talk about the uncomfortable process of quitting what no longer works for us. This club isn't about giving up, it's about taking your life back. Welcome back to all of you who have been tuning in for every episode. I love that you keep coming back and I so appreciate it. And a big welcome to any new quitters who have just joined the club. We have a great episode today. You know how there are like some things in our lives we know we just have to change? Like we know there is something different that needs to be done, but to change it would just be so uncomfortable, so we never do it. Like we do this with our jobs, our health, our partners, like, you know, all of the most important things in our lives. But we do nothing. We don't make the change. We ignore the feelings. And we don't actually make the change until that uncomfortable feeling turns to unbearable. Our guest today is sharing her story of breaking out of that prison. Fresh out of school, Michelle Thompson purchased a thriving chiropractic clinic and gained an instant client base. Awesome, right? But after ending up in emergency after suffering a panic attack when a staff member called in sick, she knew something was not aligned. Pun intended. Michelle and I are talking about the reasons for purchasing and selling a business, what it took to get back to basics, and how the whole journey led her down a new path that is so aligned for her, she doesn't even call it work. If something has been nagging at you, and you keep pushing it down, you need to listen to this episode. And if you love being a member of the Quitters Club, I would love your support. And there are a few ways for you to support the podcast. You can rate and review it so we get into the hands of more people who may need to hear it. I love reading your reviews. You can share episodes with your friends and network. If you're on Instagram, you can follow along at the Quitters Club podcast. Or if you want everyone to know that you're a member of the coolest club in town, you can head to the shop on the website to get some merch. All the artwork is designed by yours truly. And it's a fun way to support the podcast and look 80s chic doing it. Head to the slash shop and I'll link that in the show notes as well. As always, thanks for listening. Enjoy. um i'm actually really excited for people to hear your story because i feel like after we talked i feel like your story is kind of one of multiple tries at quitting um and and i think that oftentimes people think that you just make the decision to quit and it just happens and you know life is great and often it's just not that black and white so i'm really excited for you to share your story I know a lot of people sometimes like their first quit starts or their thought of quitting starts like when they're in university, like maybe the program they're in, they're like, mm, yeah, this isn't what I want to do. But then you're like, well, I should finish. Right. So then you keep going. And then the, the, the nagging of the quitting feeling keeps going and going and going. So I'm excited to, to dive into that. So let's just let's just go for it. Why don't you tell me Take me back, I guess,
1: to kind of when your big quit started. Um, so, I guess for me, I I started um, so when I was twenty, probably twenty, I decided I I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. Like I knew I've always wanted to help people. That's always been my passion and my drive. And I knew internally that that was something that I really needed to do. And I just wasn't sure the avenue. So. I started in sciences and then I transferred to the U.S. and I actually became a, a chiropractor. So outside of after school, I opened or I took over a clinic. An existing um, clinic? Pardon me? Like you took over an existing clinic? Correct, yes. And that was in northern Alberta and I started working there, and which is really difficult outside of, you know, when you first get out of school, you you barely... Um, know how to work within your profession, and then you add business on top of that, and you know accounting and bookkeeping, all the things that go along with owning your own business, um, as well as like the learning curve of hiring staff and and firing staff and all of the things. So, <clears throat> essentially, I was working um, that clinic. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then I opened a, a satellite office because there was really a need up there. Um, we serviced areas that were essentially extremely remote. There was no other providers in that area. So sometimes clients would drive five hours to, to come to see us. And so, yeah, it was extremely, extremely busy, which is a great problem to have when you're first starting out in business. However, um, you know, there was so many, I, I really wasn't clear with myself on my boundaries and where my limits were. Um, so essentially there was a satellite office that we opened <clears throat> about two and a half years after that. So again, I had people working for me and staff and, and stuff like that. So other doctors and other practitioners and, and um, assistants and whatnot. So everything was really, really, really busy. And there was like, it was like a massive, massive learning curve. And how old are you when you, when you take over (laughs) this? 26. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So I was 26. And then the second office opened, I was probably around 28 or 29. Um, So it was, yeah, probably 28. So I had two clinics were operating at that time and it was extremely, extremely busy. So essentially, um, what happened for me is I kind of more or less had a burnout. So I physically I physically really, really was struggling, I emotionally, mentally was really struggling and kind of the the breaking point for me was um, probably in 2008, 2008, 2009 somewhere in there. so, <clears throat> my body was telling me the entire time like you have to slow down you have to take care of yourself and i was just kind of like ignore ignore I in need what to way in what way was your body telling you to slow down um i think i was i was having a lot of physical um symptoms like i had a lot of gut pain i had a lot of um just like i think emotionally i was really really burned out and it got to the point where I had lost a really important friendship. Um, I had a staff issue where (laughs) I was having to contact uh, a lawyer on a regular basis. Um, Yeah, my engagement fell apart. I mean, it was just kind of like the perfect storm of everything happening at once. And then one day, so what I would do is I would typically like double shift. So I would work one office in the morning, <laughs> the other office in the afternoon, and I would have a commute in between. And how far apart are the offices? They were about uh, an hour, hour and then 20 or so, I think around there. So I would drive there, see clients all afternoon and evening, and then drive back and then see clients in the other office. Like it was. You so you had nothing left to give then
0: like anyone oh, in your life, let alone yourself.
1: hundred percent. And so I was commuting twice a week and then, yeah. So once everything kind of dissolved with like my friendship and my engagement and, um, essentially there was a day where I was, uh, scheduled to drive to the satellite office. My assistant called me and she said, you know, I'm sick. I can't, I can't come in and i was like that that's it so i went to the <laughs> er <laughs> like you um, what ha- like what happened what was I your had such severe chest pain that i was like i think i'm having a heart attack or something like i i mean i'm sure it was an anxiety attack yeah um, and i went to the er and got an ecg and everything was normal but it was just like there was just so much stress and i was continually i, I was just Really ignoring, I was. I was just continuing to ignore myself. Like I I just was like, "I'm fine. I'm fine. Keep pushing through. Just keep going. This is how life is supposed to be. You're supposed to just like you know make it happen." And and it was just like make what happen? What were you exactly? (laughs) Like you're you're somehow you know like there's all of these things that essentially peeled away for me, like leaving school and you have this idealistic view of like, oh, everything's going to be great. And I, you know, it's just going to work out and things just weren't working out. And I was really ignoring my inner truth and my inner calling. And it just wasn't, it wasn't authentic to who I was being. And it wasn't that I was, I don't think I was in the wrong profession per se, because I always knew I wanted to help people and be with them. And, and guide them. But I think the delivery was really, really off for me in a lot of ways that I was just too overtaxed. I didn't have boundaries with myself of just saying like, there comes a point where enough's enough mm-hmm. and you have to like really start to listen to your own body and realize where you're at. So it was extremely stressful at that time. Um, emotionally, I was like breaking down regularly. And, um, then,
0: you know, like when you're at the emergency, cause you think you're having a heart attack, it's not funny. It's so unfortunate. That that it,
1: it, it is. It is. And it isn't. Yeah. I realize like how much more, how, how, how much more obvious does my body need to be
0: <laughs> to be like, hello. hello? But, okay, So but when you're in the, at the hospital and that's happening,
1: are you, are you getting it then or do you know that now? Um I can't remember like exactly the per, like the ideal sequence of events but essentially oh I get it now 100% but essentially um also at that time like I I was under so much stress like I wasn't really sleeping I I couldn't eat I remember there was a period of time I literally could not eat for like 3 straight weeks. So I lost about 30 pounds in oh, like three, yeah. like I just couldn't, I was just under so much stress and so much adrenaline that I just, my body could not, I, I just could not handle, like it, it was just adrenaline overdrive. And what was the stress? Was it just having so much to, to do and manage and take care of? Uh, yes, hundred percent. It was like taking care of staff, taking care of patients, taking care of like the business side of things, like in not only one, but two offices, And then, uh, two of the doctors that were working with me, one moved, um, like it was just, there was just not enough. I just did not have enough support and nor was I really apt to asking for support or probably receiving support to be totally honest is that I, I think that's one of the lies I was telling myself at that time was probably the biggest lie I told myself was like, I'm stuck. Like I chose this and I'm stuck, and I'm here, and I'm trapped, so I, that mentality of, like, you chose this, you stick it out, and you see it through, figure it out, yeah, Uh. figure figure it out, make it work, like, find some way to bring this together, and that was a huge, huge lie I was telling myself, and secondarily, I, I think the other lie I was telling myself was, like, I have to do everything myself, Mm -hmm. like, I have to oversee it, I have to take care of it, I, like, I just was not resourceful in finding help or finding, um, assistance or receiving that assistance. So do you you think that it's because you just didn't have, like
0: you had no, you hardly had any life experience, let alone work experience when you were thrown into this? Like, is it, do you think that's what it is? Or is it, were there other factors maybe
1: that made you feel like? Totally. I think, um, I think it's a few, I think there was a few things. I think that, um, my, my upbringing and stuff as well. I like our family, our entire family, like my extended family as well are pretty much all in business. So, yeah. So everyone has like a lot of, you know, business experience and stuff. And it was kind of like, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what you do. And, um, Definitely. I was lacking like life experience for sure. But I also had this idea of like, I have to prove myself. Like, this is what, this is again, one of the shoulds of life. And mm-hmm. I have to prove myself. Who, who were you trying to prove yourself to yourself? I think it was, like my, I think <laughs> it, it was almost ignoring myself to prove myself to others like to the world like you can do it you're successful you know you can make it happen successful you, yeah exactly, exactly yeah
0: okay so you're at the emergency room having a panic attack <laughs> yeah what happens after that
1: <laughs> the best part was i also have to add this because the irony was is that the er doctor looked worse than me <laughs> god I was like this guy's burnt out (laughs) that was even the best part
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah so sorry what was your question I was just thinking (laughs) what happened after what happened after um essentially like I finally started to realize I was like oh my gosh things have to change like I literally like if I keep this up I'm gonna die like I literally was starting to at that point finally get it. Like, this is not serving you. Like, this is not success in the quote, unquote, you know, in the realistic world. Like, I guess we're told like, oh, you get a business, you have a job, like, you know, you make good money and then you're happy. And you suddenly realize you get to that place and then you go, oh my God, this isn't it. So it's almost like you're setting this next goal. And it's like, okay, well, once I pay off my student loans or once I get a house or whatever. And then you hit these goals. And each time I was just kind of like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Here. And I don't feel, you know, and, it, and I'm not negating the fact of like being able to support myself and, you know, the opportunities that I was given by any means. I'm extremely, extremely blessed, like super grateful. Um, but I honestly, in my mind, I think I had this expectation or this idea that it was going to be so amazing and so great. And it, I just was like, "Oh, this is it! Like, this is it!"
0: And then also in the in the moment that that you have this like kind of clarity, whether it was like in the hospital or, or right after, then you go back to work because you you have to like get back into it. Yes. Did you
1: immediately start to make changes, or were you like? It took uh, it took some time, I think, for the the issue for myself is that like, as they say, your biggest gift is your biggest weakness. And one of the things that, um, for me is like, I'm extremely like stubborn. Like I stick with things probably longer than I should, even when they're not working. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, I need to like unravel this and I need to figure this out. And so I started to like, look at options where I was like, am I going to just need to like close my satellite office and just say, forget it. Um, and so I started to kind of like feel that out and I, I eventually did close the satellite office. And then not long after that, I actually found a buyer for that office. So that satellite was satellite office. Yes. So that was great. And then, so after that was kind of taken care of and situated, I, um, started to like part out my main office. Um, and basically just was like, you know what? I'm going to sell the equipment and sell whatever. And just essentially I just was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. And, and why was, did you decide to do that
0: with the main office? Like instead of trying to find a buyer for Were you just trying, was it faster?
1: I think I was just like done. And I was just like, so, um, I was just at that point where I was like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. Like, I just need to be finished. I need to figure out what I'm like, I need to move on. I need to let this go. And I think I had clung to it almost a bit too long. Like it was five and a half years and I was just like, yeah, I needed a change. So I think, again, like I had mentioned earlier, I wasn't great at asking for help. I wasn't great at being resourceful Mm -hmm. as far as like finding, you know, exactly that, like finding a buyer and just kind of getting something going versus like, you know, I was just kind of at this point where I was like, I just need to let this go.
0: And, and how did it feel at that time? Cause I know when I closed my business and I made that decision, I was like, yeah, I'm done. And I made mm-hmm. it happen really fast. Cause I just like, when I made the decision, I was like, I want out. Yeah. Sometimes when I look back at it, I'm like, maybe I could have done it a little bit differently, but I couldn't have just because of the space I was in. Because I was in that burnout phase. So, how when you're like shutting this down and ready to move on, like, how are you feeling during that
1: time? I think it's like it's a mixture. It was definitely a mixture for me, like, of relief, but also fear. Like, you're essentially like stepping off into the unknown. You have no, like, you know, no basis or no income or no, like, you don't have any, like, backup plan really. Like, I didn't have anything situated at that time. Plus, I was so exhausted. Like, I was so hormonally mentally emotionally exhausted that it was like I just needed time to like reboot and reset and so was that the plan you were gonna quit quit sell everything off and then just take a break yeah big time okay and did you do that yes so I needed time to just kind of reset and what was interesting is that what followed that was I think I had enough time to finally be quiet and be still enough to actually listen to myself Mm -hmm. and like hear my own inner voice and it was really interesting because everything that happened after that was like it was almost the opposite it was almost like the polar opposite of like total flow and release like I just was like I need to let this go this is really not serving me I'm just like too I was just too emotionally stressed and everything at that point. So I essentially let everything go. And then um, I literally like cold called offices after that, like probably about, it was maybe three months or six months after that. I just cold called offices in a town that I was like interested in living. And I was just like, hi, you know, are you guys like looking for an associate or an independent contractor? like, and, and it was just like immediate, it was like, yeah, come on down, come see us. Um, we'll set you up, whatever. And it just like, and I worked there probably one, one week a month or one out of every five weeks. And it just kind of like got me reintegrated and which was great because he was an amazing chiropractor who taught me a ton about muscle testing, which I'd always wanted to learn and integrate into practice, but never really had like the time or the ability to do so,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it taught me like in an again an entire new skill set, and it was easy. Like I literally show up to work and you leave work, and that's basically it. Like you take care. <laughs> of it. It, it was great. It was great. <laughs> it just like distilled it down to the pieces that I really really enjoyed. So it became really, It was just really simple, and they were easy to work for. They were super laid back. They were extremely caring. Um, you know, like if I would go somewhere they would like email me, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like they treated me like a daughter. I mean, they were so, so great to me. Yeah. And, um, they found me a house to like, um, house it for a year. Like it was extremely cheap while deal- you worked for them. Yeah. Like sweet. Everything just flowed. And it was just, honestly, it was like, it was like the universe was showing me this is what struggle and clinging and forcing looks like. And then it's like, this is what release and like intuitive flow feels like. And I was like, wow, these are like night and day.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask you what flow looks like to you. Cause I think it looks like different to people, to everyone. Right. But so for you, that's how you would describe it. It's like easy, no resistance stuff is happening. Just, like
1: everything falls into place really easily. Is that how you would define it? Oh, 100%. And I think it's more, um, I think even on a deeper level, it's something that's more like intuitive and like more in tune with your own personal alignment. It's like when you're doing things from an internal place versus an external place. You mean, so when, okay. So, for example, when I was working in that office, um, when I was initially working in the office up north, it was like, It looks good from the outside. It's like, wow, you own your own, you own two of your own businesses. Like you're doing really well financially. And then internally, I felt like I was dying. You know, like I felt like all this turmoil, all of this trauma, like all of these problems. Like, I think I liked being so busy because I didn't need to hear myself. Mm -hmm. This is like, you can see, this is like really hitting home for me because it like, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. It was like, literally, it was like every waking second had to be busy. Like I just could not just be and Mm -hmm. be quiet and be still Mm -hmm. and like, listen to my own inner voice. Like I literally felt like I was running away from myself. So from the outside looking in, it was like, wow, she's a new doctor. She's got these two clinics. She's doing really great, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, but the internal portion of me, it was just not in alignment, which is why there was so much disconnect. And that's why I think I had all of the physical symptoms and the emotional breakdown. So for me, internal flow is like, wow, this feels right for me. Like I feel good doing this and this feels right for me. So it's a completely different feeling. And I always make the analogy of like, one is a push. Like I was constantly like, forcing myself. Okay. See more people keep going. You can do it, make Mm -hmm. it happen. And the pull is like, I couldn't stop doing this if I wanted to. And that's more of like the work I'm doing now, Mm -hmm. where I just feel like some, because sometimes obviously all of us, we have fear, we have resistance. We have this feeling of self-doubt. It's like, Oh my gosh, is this really right? You know, is this actually helping people? I don't know but it's one of these things where internally in my gut I can feel it it's like I couldn't stop doing this if I wanted to because it fills me like talking to clients and and kind of like I don't really um I would almost like label it I guess um akin to like it's almost like soul coaching or intuitive coaching And a lot of it is also using, um, a certification that I got this year with, which is essentially emotional clearing, emotional and, and energetic clearing. Mm -hmm. And the stuff I've seen with this is just amazing. And like, when I talk to people and I can hear it and feel it in their voice and know like the inner transformation that I am assisting them with, uh, because really it's all their work, but when I'm assisting them with that, like it literally brings me to tears where I'm like, Oh. My god, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Okay, and let's to- let's get there.
0: Let's get let, let's go okay. back step. Cuz <laughs> I, I do want to hear about this. But sure. okay, one question I have before we move on from owning the business was what made you buy somebody else's practice in the first place? Was it like opportunity was presented, you were like perfect, built in clients? Right. 100%. Easy.
1: It seemed easy, right. I guess, right. right? Exactly. It seemed easy. It looked good, um, and I think again it was. And even initially, I was like, "I don't know. I don't think this feels right for me." Now, you know, and again, it was like the external pressure—not pressure, but external input—that I was taking above my own in, inner voice was like, "Well, this is a great opportunity. You can do really well. You can, you know, da da da." And I and I just wasn't listening to myself internally. So it looked good. It was like one of these things that like appeared to be this like great opportunity, which it did afford me a lot of like experience. Um, it afforded me like so much business experience, so much client, like clinical experience. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it it did definitely give me like, you know, but it was also like being shoved in the deep end of a pool, (laughs) you know, right. It was a great opportunity, but just not for you,
0: (laughs) right? Like it could be for somebody else.
1: hundred percent. Okay
0: yeah. so so you, you, changed, you get rid of the business now you're working for this chiropractor and how long were you there
1: So I was there for uh so he retired maybe about 5 years or so after that okay yeah mm-hmm. So then I also worked with a naturopath a- after that in Grand Prairie so mm-hmm. he retired and from my previous experience, like when I, again, learning to listen to my own inner voice is that when the clinic was taken over, I was like, oh, I just, I knew instantly. I was like, no, I can't stay on. I can't stay on. Like I'm, this is not an alignment for me. Like the new owners, I was just like, you know what, this just doesn't feel right to me and I'm not doing it. So I learned a lot about listening to myself and that really prevented me from getting into situations again, that were not like good for me. Ultimately. Great. Is it, is it really obvious to you now? Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Very obvious. Like literally I can, there's times where I can like talk to someone on the phone and I'm like, Nope, we're not working together. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like usually very, very quick. I mean, again, it's not, I, I feel this is like a lifelong skill too like this is not something that it's like oh every single time i know it's 100% yes or 100% no because there's some that are like more difficult to like assess yeah but the most part when it's like i just i can feel it very quickly
0: okay so you then you're working for the naturopath after you decide you've moved on from this this office yes. then what happens
1: so then after that period of time i worked in my own clinic And then I eventually moved to Sherwood park and bought um, a home. And I, I did a build out there in the office. So I did again, a contracting job for um, an office in Edmonton. So I did like a six month contract with them. And again, they were like amazing. Like there was a lot of doctors there and a lot of staff. And I was just like concerned because I thought, okay, how are all of these like personalities going to mesh? And it all worked. It was really, really great. I mean, they were just like, Phenomenal, and and I also take this as part of my own like spiritual like evolution and growth is realizing like I'm putting myself in better situations and attracting more like positive and like minded people and people that are easier to get along with. Like it's it's essentially to me it's like a sign of kind of like hitting that point of of you know being more again more in alignment with myself. So I. I created an office space in my home. So the front of the office or the front of the house was uh, my office space. And then, um, that was for t- almost three years. So it's been a total of like, well, I've been out of school now for 15, 15 and a half years that I've been practicing. So were you <laughs> nervous going back in to
0: do your own thing again? Because like I have PTSD Not. from this, like, i <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. When I think about owning a business. I'm
1: like, wow. Ah! yeah. So this is where I think for me, the growth in like knowing myself and listening to myself and knowing my own boundaries was like so monumental because I knew of the type of practice that I wanted. I wanted, um, a smaller practice. I wanted to spend more time with my clients on a more in-depth like level, but see like less people. Like, so I kind of, set the intention of having like a very, like, you know, like-minded clientele and to have clientele who were, um, you know, I guess open to that. So what I did is rather than having really short visits and having lots of clientele, I, I tended to do longer visits and spend more time with people and just have like a more in-depth relationship with them, which was for me, like that was like really, again, coming back into alignment with myself of like, okay, what do I want? What works for me? You know, and essentially once you're like in that more integrous place, like people feel that energy from you and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, this is what I want. And what was great about it is like, I did very little, if not zero advertising, like it was all word of mouth and people like my clients are great. They referred people. um, They were open to, to work with me. Like it was just, it was awesome. So you know, that's always a good referral base. And so essentially I was just kind of tweaking things and fine tuning it to be more, um, more with what, like what my vision was of how I wanted my practice to be. I also think that that organic growth is
0: a a, like sign of flow as well. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because when you're, I, When I had my business, I was constantly marketing and doing all of these things. And I felt like I was spending more time on that because I actually loved that part of it, not the work I was doing. So I was spending more time there instead of on the work that I was doing. And it, it showed like it came through and like, everyone said I was, you know, great at marketing, but that's not what I was doing for a living. So it wasn't like, wasn't actually paying the bills, but right. But yeah, so I think it is, it's a sign of flow. So, so you did that for a few years and you are no longer a chiropractor. Is that
1: is correct. <laughs> so what so, happened? So I, I had a feeling about five years ago, um, the political temperature within our, um, I guess our profession is starting to really shift. And, um, And there's a lot of things that, again, I was just like consistently assessing. So what I had learned so significantly from my first clinic was like, I started to, I, I, I literally, after that point, I promised myself I would never get there again. I would never get to the point where I was like ignoring myself to the point where I became so ill because I feel to me, I feel that our symptoms or issues essentially are our body's way of communicating with us that there's like a problem, Mm -hmm. like there's a misalignment, something is not adding up and we're not necessarily seeing it. And so what I find happened to me is I kept ignoring it, ignoring it and ignoring it. And so it's like, oh, you're not listening. Well, we're going to turn up the volume, Mm -hmm. like until you listen, you if you're not willing to hear, we're going to have to turn up the volume. And I literally got to that point where I was like, if I stay here, I will die. Like literally I was so ill and so unhappy. And so, so what I learned from that point and I promised myself, I would never get there again. So what I really am aware of now is when I feel like energy or situations start to shift where I'm like, hmm, this doesn't quite line up with me anymore. Like I'm more attuned to that and I make adjustments more quickly where I'm like, hmm, that doesn't seem quite right. Okay, we need to shift things here a little bit. And so that's where I've been like, Constantly, like, kind of, you know, shifting and maneuvering is is finding like that like niche that I know is right for me and like in alignment and like keeps it in the flow.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I I started to feel that probably about five years ago, where I was like, eh, you know, the political temperature seems to be like really changing here with this. I'm not sure if this is going to like stay in alignment for me because for me, um, the most important thing is being clinic like being client focused. Mm-hmm. Like, taking care of the people doing. And to me, that's like doing whatever it takes within reason, of course, to help the people. Like, that's what I'm all about. That's what I love to do. This is what brings me joy. This is what brings me like, you know, like just that inner fulfillment is knowing that I am helping people like to the best of my ability. So once I felt that temperature start to shift, I was kind of like, ah, you know, things are shifting here. Things are changing okay, so, you know, and this is where I, you know, started to be like, I need to have my own space. Like I need to work with people in a way that I feel is like congruent with who I am. Um, So that started to shift and, and I kind of knew it was coming. Um, But again, when you're invested seven years and, you know, literally $200,000 into your education, you're, you're pretty committed, you know, that's. (laughs) It's a huge commitment and it's no different than, than leaving a a 15 year marriage or if it like, you know, when I, when I went into this profession, I was like, I love this. This is my calling. Like this is my passion. I'm doing this. But then we also have to have the flexibility and the like adaptability to know when something's changed or shifted and be like, this no longer fits who I am or where I'm at. So, yeah. So when you're doing those
0: like when you're like, I'm not, I don't feel in alignment. I'm, I need to adjust when you're doing those adjustments. Does that feel good to you? Or are you shitting your pants?
1: Both. <laughs> Absolutely. Both. Okay. Absolutely. It's like, Great. it's like, it's like the most freeing, terrifying thing mm-hmm. you've ever done. And so it's like, I knew this time was going to come for me. And I knew that things were going to shift. So I was much more like in ease of like, okay, like let things happen, like let it go and like release. And um, I kind of, it, it, it happened like even last year during the pandemic um, when things started in March, I like by June, I was like, you know what? I really think I need to leave Sherwood Park. I need to be with my family. Like, I think this is like done for me, but I did not have anything to bridge the gap, so to speak. So I did not have anything to like, I didn't have any other training really. I mean, I was writing this book, but it wasn't like, it's not like completed. And I was like, okay, how am I going to like bridge this gap if I just like, let my license go or go on leave essentially. So what happened was is in February. Um, so I stayed like a year ago in June, Mm -hmm. in June of 2020. And then by February, um, a girlfriend said to me, she's like, oh, I'm learning this new technique, you know, blah, blah. and I'm like, you know, at this point after 15 years in practice, like, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Another thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do you want to try it out? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll give it a go. All right. But honestly, I was a bit resistant at that point, And, um, I tried it and I was like, wow, this is really something like this. There is something to this for sure. So I luckily kind of like went into this training for this new practice that I'm doing now of like energetic work and emotional clearing. And it's like, I'm so, so grateful because it has definitely bridged this gap and it has allowed me kind of more, I guess, confidence in like leaving The profession, so I went on leave. I sold my house. I sold all of my belongings. (laughs) Yeah, so I am living in Kelowna. I have like a fifth wheel (laughs) that I'm. Yeah, that you live in. Yeah. I'm part-time living in it. I couldn't live in it during the heat wave because it was like 45 degrees and it just like the air conditioner would not, (laughs) would not keep up. So I have family on here as well. So I I was lucky to stay in an air conditioned house during that
0: time. So, okay. So when you are trying to bridge the gap, are you, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to stay doing what I'm doing. Are you constantly like on the lookout for something new? Or do you just
1: like fall back into work and doing your thing? Like, and then. That's a good question. I wasn't really like searching per se, but I was kind of like in, I kind of had set this intention of like, Hey, I'm going to let this go. So where am I? Like, what's next? Like, that was kind of the thing. It was like this blanket question or this like blank slate of like, what's next, what's next. And then just kind of like, you know, this, this, this like certification sort of arrived and you know my friend spoke so highly of it and I read the book and I was like this is totally in alignment with with literally the last like 22 years of my my work my research like things that I've like looked into so it just kind of like again it just flowed everything meshed and yeah so I wasn't specifically searching but it definitely showed up for me and so you moved to Kelowna to be closer to family. Yes.
0: And, and obviously sold your house, but like, why all your belongings? Like, why did you get rid
1: of everything? Honestly, I just wanted to like simplify. Like if this whole year had a word, it was, it's simplify. I and I, I honestly, like I, there are so many, there's just so many things that I was just like, it it was a whole process. There was in so many different ways. It was just simplification of like my life, of really like distilling my life down to like, what are the parts that are like truly, truly important to me? You know, like, and it was just like, so simple. It was like, I like to go out for a coffee twice a month. (laughs) Like it was just so simple where I was like, but in the same aspect is like, I got more enjoyment out of them. Mm. so it was like it's a very interesting kind of dynamic and I just like uh, to me personally I'm not super attached to things and most of the stuff I got most of the stuff I had in the house was like very um like it was either used or free or (laughs) like people would so I wasn't like super attached to it anyways. But it was for me. It was like I think almost like a uh, like a symbolic gesture too of just letting go and
0: starting over, kind of. Totally. It's so interesting. I feel like I've been going through a little bit of this myself, and I feel like why did it take me twenty years to go through this whole process to get to here, like where I feel like I'm kind of like starting again? You know, like it totally. Totally it's cool in, on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm like sort of kicking myself. But at the same time, I know I had to go through all of that to get to get here. So tell me about the work you're doing now.
1: Okay. So I, I took a certification. It's called, um, it's a certified emotion code body or certified emotion code practitioner and certified body code practitioner. So this was created by a chiropractor out of the U S named, uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson. So this is essentially, it's, it's very, very interesting work. It really is on the basis of energetic healing or energetic work. Um, so it's essentially like looking at everything through that lens, as far as like everything as the basis of physics is essentially energy. So, I mean, it's all different vibrations of molecules, like a solid obviously is more densely packed and like lower vibration versus air. And we all know this, like, you know, from very, you know, high school physics, Yeah oh it it's super super interesting and i mean essentially when i took the training is like i had to have like a mental essentially a mental upgrade so to speak right like i had to i had to like as i was learning this stuff and i was thinking you know it really opens like the space for possibility and it really opens like it's just like this entire new world essentially so and i often i kind of make the analogy of like think of you know Certain practices that we use today, for example, massage therapy or acupuncture or chiropractic back in its infancy, like when it very first started, you know, like there would not be an acupuncturist on every corner. Like, no, you wouldn't even know anybody who'd done acupuncture, you know, like, like what, what, like you're going to put needles and there's energy lines, what, and this is going to help my organs. Like it would be so far out there. And that's almost how I feel with this like new technique is that I feel like it's on like the infancy of becoming like this huge profession that in the future, people will be like, oh yeah, of course, of course, that makes sense. Like you would do that, but it's so new and it's so like, um, in its infancy that a lot of people, I just tell them, you know what, you really need to experience it in your own body to be able to fully understand what it is. So the results I've seen with clients with this work too, has been, uh, phenomenal. Um, it even to me is like still surprising on so many levels because it deals with blockages essentially in the body, whether they're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, um, anything essentially can be worked on and it's through a system uh, of muscle testing, which is known as proxy testing. Um, it is, it's just been like super, super, super interesting. And so, so do you, so you, t-
0: cause I'm thinking like sometimes energy, energy healers don't touch you,
1: but you touch people. You physically. No, you don't. Okay. okay. Yeah. No. So this is, I can do this work from anywhere on anyone in the world. So basically I have a client, I I can do phone sessions or zoom sessions. And essentially I have clients like tell me about their specific issues. And then I send like a, I do a clearing. And the great part about this work is that it's not like um, psychotherapy per se. You don't need to hash out the issues. So if I muscle tested a specific issue or a specific blockage related to a certain symptom that you're having now, it basically can tell, we can test and ask if there's like a specific age, but you don't need to discuss it. So you might instantly remember, oh yes, this is this thing that happened or my parents got divorced or, oh, that's when we moved and I lost my best friend or whatever the case may be, but you don't need to actually talk about it. You can, I can, you know, so that's kind of the great part about this is some people who are fearful of psychotherapy and they're fearful of like having to open, you know, open up about specific things. That's not necessary with this type of work. It just energetically releases it with like intention. Um, It's super simple. It's very concise. um, And it just, like I said, the results I've seen with clients has been phenomenal. Can you give me an example? Sure. 100%. Um, so I, I often, uh, say that my, my favorite clients are the clients who have tried everything. Okay. If tried, they're like, oh, I have this problem. Like, um, the example I'll think of. So when I was doing the training, there was just like certain people that were coming to mind where I was like, oh, I can try this on this person or, oh, I can try this on this person. Oh, I can try this on this person. So I had a client who had, uh, frozen shoulder that had been persistent for like six and a half years. So frozen shoulder is when the ligaments and tendons and stuff, essentially like there's adhesions in them and essentially the arm cannot move. So this is like kind of the typical movement of someone with frozen shoulders. It kind of comes forward, but is locked Yeah. and they, they cannot lift it above their head. So this, again, like I was saying, some of my favorite clients are the ones who've tried everything. So it was like, Oh, I went to acupuncture. I went to physio. I did shockwave. I did chiropractic I saw a specialist I went to and it was really it was not improving Mm -hmm. so I was like you know what I really need to call this person and I knew her um, personally and I just said you know what are you willing to just like come in and just give this a go and she said yeah sure like I'll I'll do it I'll try anything yeah for sure right (laughs) I mean this is why I'm saying I'm like those are kind of like the ideal client because when you've done everything physical to try to help yourself and it not better. It's not just physical then. Like, you know, it's not just physical. There's something else underlying the problem, which again, we know emotions affect us. We know um, these things happen, but we're like, okay, well, how do I deal with it? Like, what do I do? How do I let it go? So she came into the office. She sat across the, the, the desk from me. So I didn't, again, I didn't even touch her. I, t- I, I tested Um, and we cleared some stuff and, um, again, she didn't have to talk about it, but we kind of traced it back to an incident that she'd had like 20 some years previous. And I could tell by the look on her face, she was like, oh yeah, that, that was a thing. And I was like, okay. And I said, you don't need to go into details. And we released it and it took about maybe 20 or 23 minutes and uh, I said, okay, I'm going to get you to stand up now. And I said, I want you to just to raise your arm. And she looked at me and she said, if this, before she stood up, she said, if this works, I'm going to cry. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and stood up and she raised her arm over her head and she started bawling and I started bawling. And <laughs> I was just like, wow. Like it just blew my mind because I was like, you know because being trained in a medical mindset and the way that we're taught in our lives too is like a happens then b equals c like it's this linear thing yeah but energy and the way that our soul and our spirit works is not like that like we can have trapped like again this was a thing that had physically manifested for her in the last 6 years but was actually from 24 years previous And this is what happens is like certain events happen in our lives and like, it almost like accumulates. And then again, it's a tipping point where suddenly we have, again, we have a physical symptom, which is a way for our subconscious mind to tell our conscious mind, Hey, there's a problem here that we need to clear and deal with. Mm -hmm. But the challenging part is, is like, how do we do that? Right. Yeah. So this is where this type, this is where this type of work comes in. Great. I mean, meditation is awesome for that too. When Mm -hmm. we quiet mind and ask ourselves questions and like actually dig in and find out, well, what's the cause of this? Like, why is this happening? What is this teaching me?
0: And why do you think this work is more aligned with you?
1: Oh, this is, I, I, (laughs) uh, I just feel like this is who I am. Like, this is what I do. This is, like I said, this has been the training that I've done for the last like 22 years. Like this is like the learning that I've found out about all of the accumulation of knowledge. But then there's also like a deep spiritual aspect of me where I feel very much in alignment with the universal energy. I get a lot of like messages and communications. Um, I'm extremely like intuitive and empathic. And that's been the way it's been for me since I was very young so Did I, I have you been
0: like in tune with that your whole life or is it more so now you're like, wait a minute, I've kind of been ignoring this.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, I knew very young. Like I remember telling my mom when I was four, I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be different. Like, I just remember saying like, my life is not going to be ordinary. Like, it's not going to be like other people. And she when was like, were four. yeah, she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So I had very, um, very like, I have very, very vivid symbolic dreams. Um, I think now more than ever, like I'm just more so accepting myself and accepting the things that I'm learning and knowing like, this is who I am and I'm okay with it. I'm not, I'm no longer trying to like suppress any of my feelings or suppress because that's been my guide. I mean, really our emotions are there to guide us and to help us and to keep us in that alignment. So I think I'm just more in acceptance of like this is who I am. How different is is this Michelle versus 26
0: year old? Oh God!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for obvious reasons, you were younger, but yeah. Um, that's a great question. Well, I think. Uh, I was like, I was saying, I was definitely externally driven, mm-hmm. which was who, which was me trying to be who I was supposed to be and look a certain way and be a certain way. And this now is me almost like unmasked. Like it is literally like, it It literally has been like the unburdening. Like that's often what I call, um, this work that I do now, it's like unburdening. It's like releasing all of the things, the beliefs, the patterns, the indoctrinations, all of the things that we get from society of like, this is how you should be. This is how you should be. You should be happy. You should do this. You should do that. And just really stripping all that away and being like, what do I want? Like, what is right for me? Like, who am I really, who do I want to be? And it's not just about like, how, like, it's literally questioning everything. And it's also about like, I want to be successful, but how do I want to be successful? How do I want to feel? What do I want to do? What does my contribution want to be? It's a completely different, uh, for me, it's a completely different way of being. And it's much, much easier to be in, in my own skin than to be resisting and trying to put on a facade of like who I think I'm supposed to be. That's so great. Thank you. And I feel like it's such a,
0: it's just such a, I, it's such an important lesson because I feel like lately I've been questioning a lot of things like, do I, is that what I want? Or did somebody else put that thought in my mind? Or do I think that's what I'm supposed to want? Because my life has been really noisy for a long time and now it's starting to get quiet and thank you COVID. Um, so yeah. I'm starting to like second guess certain things and what do I really want? So I feel like do you have any advice, I guess, for people who to kind of listen, to get in tune with yourself and listen to yourself more. If you, if, if someone's
1: trying to learn how to do that. Right. Um, For me, that was kind of like a progression. So for me, um, I really needed like sports. Like I needed sports. Like, I think initially it was really like almost like a coping mechanism in a lot of ways. Like I needed something to quiet my mind. And that was like sports, like it was being focused on sports. And then once I started to kind of like, let some, let some trauma go and let some things go and actually heal and work on some things where I was able to be more just quiet and with myself, like meditation and yoga was like key for me, like key. And I do write a lot of things down from dreams. I do get a lot of messages from dreams. I think when it's just like anything, it's like when we start to pay attention, we get more details, we get more in depth with that. So that was extremely helpful for me. Like I would write a dream down, like I would have a dream and it would be like, they're very specific for me, but I would write it down. And then as I was writing, I was like, oh, that's what that's about. Oh, this is what this means. Because I feel that we're always, always, always in communication with like the universe is always communicating with us. Like it's constant, but we're not always seeing it. We're not always hearing it. Like we're not always, you know, like we don't always get the full messages. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a huge key for me was like learning meditation. Yoga was extremely um, good for me to like be embodied again, because I was so much like in my head constantly that I like had no like body awareness at all. Um, that really, really helped me as well to get in tune with that. So what's next for you? You're in
0: Kelowna, (laughs) but what isn't
1: (laughs) (laughs) so, um, Oh God. So I think one of the big things too, I realized, so like probably when I turned 40, like 40, 41. So like the last year or two, I really, I really started to realize it was like, I had this picture, like I had this picture, this is what my life's going to look like. This is how it's going to be. And it wasn't. And I was constantly like, felt like a failure because my life was like, I wasn't married. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. Like, you know, I didn't have the family. I didn't have kids. And I was just like, Constantly, kind of like braiding myself, like, why am I not there? Why isn't this happening for me? Like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And finally, I just realized I'm like, I just need to get rid of the picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need to get rid of the picture. Yeah. So now I have like this completely blank slate. And I feel like this is what happens too. We get very proficient. Some people are not even in the arena, but then we get into the arena and then we get very proficient at being in that small arena. And then you move into a new arena and all the rules are different. It's a completely different game. And you're all of a sudden going like, oh my God, I know nothing. Mm -hmm. Like it's the complete beginner's mind. And it's like, (laughs) I have this blank canvas and I'm just like more essentially accepting where I'm at and more embodied with what I have and more grateful for where things are and realizing like, oh my God, like the, like the possibilities are endless. And I'm just open to that which I think is great.
0: Mm-hmm. But also
1: it's like, oh, it's just this blank slate. And it's like, will you ever get married? I don't know. We have kids. I don't know. What, what are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> so I am at the, I'll beginning. let you know <laughs> when it happens. I'll let you know. Yeah. So I'm in this like beginner's mindset where I'm like, the possibilities are endless, which is amazing for me. I think that's great. And I'm excited about, and I'm looking, like I said, I want to, like, I love the work that I'm currently doing. Um, I love helping people. And I think like, that's going to be more my realm. I know I need to finish writing my book. Like, I know that that's something that I want to get out into the world. And that's just like, I I really just want to stay in following like my path, like following my intuition. And every time I do like things flow, It works. Um, I'm just like happier and happier all the time. When, when I do that, I like the way you frame it because I feel like society doesn't like when we say, we don't know what the plan is. Nobody knows.
0: (laughs) No, I know. But when somebody asks you, you
1: know, like, are you going to get married? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) People are like, well, are you going to have kids? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know. You know, it's not (laughs) like, I'm not, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, before I let you go, tell me two or three things that you will never quit.
1: Okay. I will, I will definitely never quit, uh, learning and growing that I know for sure. Um, I always kind of had that like mindset of like, are we done yet? Like I would need to get this done. And now I realize I'm like, you know what, I'm going to learn till the day I die. Like it'll be literally till the day I die. So I will always keep learning. Um, I think for me, secondarily, I will always want to be helping people. If people want help and they're like, they are personally, you know, willing, I, I will always want to be helping people. I think, I feel like that's something I never want to quit. Um, also I think through my life experience up to this point, like I hope I never quit listening to myself. (laughs) There are moments (laughs) Like there are periods of time where I still get into like the busy mode and get into my head where I'm like, just get things done, just get it off the list, just do the things. Um, But I always come back because I'll, I'll eventually hit friction when I stay in that place of like, of just being in my head, I'll eventually hit friction. And it sends me back to the meditation mat where I'm like, sit down and listen, like listen to yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you need right now? What's the next step? And that's always been like, so, so helpful in every avenue that has been helpful for me. So I never want to quit listening to myself. um, And that's like something that I have as like an internal, like promise or vow from, for me.
0: That's awesome.
1: Thank you. Where can
0: people find you if they want to work with you or if they want, are you on social media? They can follow
1: you. Yes. So I am on social media under Michelle S Thompson is my business page or it's under Michelle Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my email address is like on my website, which is, uh, Dr. Thompson.com. So information is there. And again, I do like 30 minute sessions. So a clearing session is 30 minutes and patients come to me again. They come to me with any sort of variety of issues where it's like mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, like, even if it's a mental, emotional pattern or a physical issue. And then we work over the phone. It's about like maximum, like I said, 30 minutes. And then I send them like a, a review summary of the notes and that's it. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. I am going thank to you be having me. on. Yeah. Thank you for having
0: me.